This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Assalamu hello Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Now, Many dream about becoming parents, but what happens when the transition to motherhood isn't quite what we expected? For most women, pregnancy and new motherhood, it's a joyful experience, at least some of the time. But most mothers also experience worry, disappointment, guilt, competition, frustration, even anger and fear. Are these normal feelings and part of what anthropologists call matrescence or are they signs of something deeper? To take us through the journey that is the birth of a mother, we're joined by Anissa Sharif, certified hand-in-hand instructor, conscious parenting educator and founder of Tanshia, plus a brand new guest on today's show, Cecile Descali, lead parent educator at Malak Mama and Baby Care. Get in touch with your questions and experiences for them now on 4215 or uh, you can get in touch on Instagram at Pulse95 Radio. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. As the psychiatrist Daniel Stern explained in his books, The Motherhood Constellation and the Birth of a Mother, giving birth to a new identity can be as demanding as giving birth to a baby. Dr. Stern showed that becoming a mother is an identity shift and one of the most significant physical and psychological changes a woman will ever experience. Here to talk to us about what that can entail, we have with us in the studio Anissa Sharif, certified hand-in-hand instructor and conscious parenting educator, founder of Tanshia. Sabah al-khair. Sabah al-noor. Good Hi, to Shari. see you. Good and to see you too. And a brand new uh, guest with us here on Life Beats, Cecile Descali, lead parent educator at Malik Mama and Baby Care. Welcome. Lovely to be here. So good to have you, Cecile. Um, and uh, this is uh, such a, an important topic. Um, I posted about this actually online and... Um, a lot of feedback from mothers talking about the fact that they went through this and didn't realize that this was a thing, um, you know, because sometimes it can be, it can feel like, you know, this is supposed to be the happiest time of my life, especially when you've always wanted a baby. You know, I, for me, I've <laughs> always wanted a baby. There's many women who are like that and you think this is just going to be all, you know, roses and happiness and joy and giggles and hugs and whatever yeah. and strolls in the park but it's not all like that mm-hmm. not at all unfortunately no. we are we are sucked into a very false sense with uh, social media of beautiful women and beautiful babies and they are beautiful no matter what they actually look like and no matter what they feel like but we don't see that reality and therefore when we don't see it we don't feel we're achieving it yeah Exactly. And Anissa, for you, uh, was, was that something that hit you? Oh, oh, yes. I mean, like, exactly what you said. I, I was, I discovered this um, concept, concept of matrescence just recently. I can't and believe it for, has a name. Yeah, imagine. I mean, like, but that made lots of sense. And it was like, oh, wow, that's it. That's exactly what it is. And I, like, deep dived into 
whatever research is there and there's not a lot right exactly it's, that's the amazing it's a thing. very new concept but it describes a lot and it's, maybe it's because we don't want to talk about it yes yes yeah i don't know i mean like there is lots of new research now that kind of sheds lots of light on how do we operate as human beings mm. and these this knowledge wasn't available like people knew it intuitively but it's just recently that it's been documented in in, in scientific research and yeah people are now talking more about it and I think it's it's good to raise awareness around these issues. Cecile, yeah. let's talk about what that exactly is. Uh, you know, this is something that you do, uh, you have done for many years, helping mothers through that transition into new motherhood. What is What are the expectations that you see mothers have and then what is the reality that they face? Well, starting back at when you fall pregnant, you start off with this little bump growing inside of you you're kind of getting to know it and love it and it takes so much from your body that it starts way back like I said at that moment where you you've got to learn to adjust to a new body image Mm -mm. in just in pregnancy and then when you move into the labor into the birth part of it again there's a very good book written that I actually read and it changed a lot of what I think about called birth, the American rite of passage. Because in birth, the mother herself is born as in you're a woman who's been single, then got married, then fallen pregnant. But at the moment of birth, not only is the baby born, but the mother is born. And that's a second part of your transition that you need to then say, right, now I have a new role. How do I fit into that role? And then you're handed this little baby who's possibly still a little bit wet and um, slippery. <laughs> and you have to hold on to them. And you do with everything in you, you hold on to them. Yeah. And then when you breastfeed them, and that's not saying for moms who bottle feed that you don't get that same kind of bond. You certainly do bond with your child. But that moment when you lock eyes... That's another amazing transition. That's that's possibly when you then truly become the mother. And Nils Bergman, who is an amazing man, he writes a lot about kangaroo mother care and the effect of brain wiring on parents with babies. And and I think that moment of that brain wiring between the mother and the child, and it's equally between the father and the child, by the way, with kangaroo mother care, is so important. What does that mean exactly? We hear, we, I've heard that term before, the kangaroo mother care. Is it about the skin-to-skin contact? Uh, what is it exactly? Skin-to-skin is one of them. It's just a small part of them, the, the touch. Then mm. there's the hormonal reaction and then the brain wiring. And that promotes feeding. It promotes so many, like, you know, things about your parenting that you're going to do when you connect. So, you know, you've got already two big transitions the, the, the body image, the labor, the actual giving birth, then the, the, the wiring, the baby connection. And then you go out and connect with other people. Yeah. And you've got to become this amazing mommy who does everything naturally and everything. And we have to stop thinking you have to be like that. You're just the most amazing mother in any case for this baby. So No matter what you're doing. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean... 
everyone's trying their best. And at the end of the day, that's actually what really matters. But we're bombarded, Anissa, with all of these expectations of what it's meant to look like, motherhood, and particularly the first, you know, few weeks, the first few months, the first few years. It just, just, you look at that and you think, oh, I'm not measuring up. Oh, I'm not as good as that mother or this mother. True. This is is the biggest, I think, um, issue here because we do have this fantasy in, in our head as you you said and we get it from watching other moms and and all the messages that gets to us from the media or whatever and it looks like it's all rosy and nice and mm. then i hit reality and i don't have these feelings and i feel like oh my god there's something wrong with me but it's it and we know now we we have a good understanding of how our body maybe is changing the hormonal and but there's a, a deeper level there there's the, the psychic that like your identity has changed yeah a, a whole uh, lot of new emotions you're experiencing and that's that's nobody talks about this which is why we're talking about it today with us in the studio Anissa Sharif and Cecile Descali we are talking about that uh, amazing moment which is the transition into motherhood and in fact into parenthood as well because as you're mentioning Cecile this is something that does affect fathers in a different way in, in uh, another way as well we're going to be continuing the conversation what kind of uh, feelings are normal why are they happening and what could be the sign of something deeper more next on Life Beats on Pulse 95 This is Pulse 95 you're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. We are talking the transition to motherhood and parenthood. And how does that happen? Because it's a fascinating process um, that really kind of takes you by surprise if you're a new mum or a new parent. But actually, there is so much going on within the body. Anissa Sharif, uh, Cecile Descali are here. Um, Anissa, there's a lot going on in terms of um, not just kind of, you know, these emotions that, that we see, that we experience, that are changing. They're really based in a whole lot of physiological changes. True. Your brain's changing. Yeah. How is your brain changing? Well, I don't know. I don't think we really know. Still, like there are lots of research, but it's in the very um, early stages. Mm. But uh, we know that one of the research uh, that's there that it says that the um, cells of the, your baby actually travels through the placenta to lodge themselves in the mother's tissues. That we don't know exactly what happens and how does it affect, but scientists think it travels all the way to your brain and it helps shape these neuro circuits in your brain in a way that creates this attachment to your baby. We know from <clears throat> another research that the gray matter in your brain, which is the matter that's <clears throat> sorry responsible for um, taking the messages between the neuro cells in your brain, yeah. kind of reduces in areas that's related to um, social cognition in, in the mother's brain. So there's, it seems that there's lots of changes happening. It's not only on the hormonal level and the 
physical like body shape and and the internal organs and all of that but it's it's creating um a, a change in your brain it's a, a long lasting brain and i was reading um a blog about um a, a mother a journalist mother and she was describing uh this journey that she used to take from her home to work on a train every day but after she went uh, she became a mother one day she started looking at the trees outside and she thought that they're tall enough and big enough to c- crash the train if they fell on it and she was thinking oh my gosh it, did anybody check the roots anybody's checking the roots of the, these trains and she kind of um started becoming conscious to this idea and why am i so worried and why am i so afraid and all of this is due to the way i think the that our brain changes as a mother we became totally a different um person with a new level of emotions fear love resentment uh, anger it's very similar that's why the i think the hence the the term matrescence it's very similar to adolescence so it's a very big change that happens to your identity your relationships and people expect you to deliver this baby and then they think that you're the same person just go back and to being the way you were you're the same person but you're not you're completely not you're it's not. Mm-hmm. it's just incredible uh, Cecile to see what's going on inside the brain alone well i think there's a different level of awareness of like you're saying she started to talk about the trees or the roots stable enough and that's even the mother looking at is she providing the right roots is she providing the right care so if the, all this this change probably also comes from the amount of hormones that your body is yeah. going through and one in particular who it's it's a hormone that we we love as midwives um, oxytocin it's the hormone of love and calm and oxytocin is the hormone that makes you protective over your baby and we think that oxytocin is only secreted in labor but actually oxytocin is secreted in men as well it's actually what makes you fall in love really yes and interesting well michelle odont has written about i think 17 books on the subject which is amazing to think we can write so many books about one hormone <laughs> but oxytocin is secreted during breastfeeding So when you're breastfeeding your baby, you've got this surge of this love and calm hormone, which does bring up things. And mothers will often say things like, I woke up dreaming about something having happened to my child. I woke up dreaming that I dropped my baby. I rolled over on my baby. And and it's very real fear. Oh, gosh. I remember um, when I first had mine, because you really get into that state of, oh, you know, I don't want anything to happen to them. And, and I wanted to get a baby monitor that monitored their heartbeat and all of this stuff because I was really, really, you know, that you talk about, you hear about SIDS and all of that kind of stuff and you think, I don't want this baby to, to for anything to happen to it when I'm not there, even for a second if I've gone to the bathroom. Or it just, you, like these thoughts, these bizarre thoughts just come into your mind mm-hmm. when and you're they, a new mom. Yeah, They are bizarre, but they're very real to you. Yes. And when you express them to other people, sometimes people look at you really strangely, sort of going like, why would you even think that? Yes. <laughs> and it's difficult to explain to someone who's never had that thought of, you know, as your children grow older, letting them walk to school, right. letting them ride their bike down the road, 
every time there's a change, you change as a mother and you react differently. So does this keep going? Because I feel like this keeps going. This is you've got it for the rest of your I life as a mom. <laughs> I guess so. But it's it helps to understand it. Yes. To understand why this is happening. Yeah. And I think this is where the shift happened. Um, lots of it, I think of it as kind of getting a superpower of some sense. So we don't want to sound like it, it's really bad and awful. It, it's you're you're really gaining a superpower here. But imagine you're gaining a superpower, but you don't understand what's happening in your body and in your brain. And people around you don't understand it. You it will feel awkward and weird. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. But if <laughs> Uh, you you are a superhuman now. You have mm-hmm. higher um, level of uh, like your senses are different. Mm. Uh, your emotions are in a higher, all new, different level. So let's think like if we think of it as this, and we kind of try to figure out and understand and and make peace with that these changes. It will pass. It will empower you. It will make you even. A better mom, but I if love you keep that. resisting it. I love that. We're going to come back and kind of talk about the, the, those superpowers, the new superpowers as well. But even superheroes can have their down days as well. So we're going to be talking about that, how to tackle that. How do we um, alleviate those feelings that are just inevitable, really, for us uh, as moms? Um, and, you know, like we're saying, it's not just new moms. This this can carry with you. How do you navigate all of those changes? More to come on Life Feeds after this. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Yes, can we just talk? We're talking about motherhood today or parenthood actually um, as well, but particularly that transition into motherhood how it changes you physically, emotionally, in every possible way. I love, Anissa, what you just said. Um, And this is something that you teach too in your classes, um, Cecile, um, that, you know, as a a mom, when you become a mom, you've got new superpowers. Um, But of course, um, you know, producing a human being, uh, giving birth, it's just, it's an unbelievable process. We don't give ourselves enough credit. We should, on a daily basis, do a stretch, where you lift your arm up, put it down behind your shoulder blades and give yourself a pat on the back. Do Every that. Every single mother. Yeah. And and just realize and remember as well, it's easy to forget how extraordinary um, that entire process is. Do you know, for me, when I gave birth, it felt like um, the clock was reset. Mm-hmm. It felt like a whole new life and a whole new stage started when that baby was born. Um you know, it's just like there was that life and I could just feel it and in and, and every way, shape and form. So I love that you say that it's a, you know, it's a superpower because really it is. It sounds trivial, but it's not. Um, but of course, having superpowers is one thing, but we're not superhuman. No. And, and we don't yeah. have to become superhuman. Yeah. We're not expected to be able to get no. through everything. No. No. And it takes time for these superpower to, I mean, to... to to understand it and to um, know the range that you can go with. I mean, it, it's a transition. The, the first child especially, and I think it, it happens with every um, child that you have, you need time to settle and to get your head around it, mm-hmm. to figure out and what's going on and understand what's after and before 
what has what has happened and we don't do that we just expect the mom to jump out of this bed and be the same old person the same relationships the same identity and the same everything the same energy the, the same, same energy yeah and you haven't slept no and you haven't slept yeah and yeah. sleep deprivation must make everything 10 times worse yes yeah. definitely we were just saying we've got to have a, a show just on sleep babies and sleep and and how to just navigate that on its own um, it's just it's incredible and then there's the breastfeeding and all of that so you know how what are the strategies I want to know from the two of you in terms of um, navigating through that time when you can feel inadequate you can feel exhausted you can feel um, you know sad and depressed even and what can we do as mums to alleviate that Anissa? I guess I can only give the advices that I follow. Yeah. So for me, and it's very different than uh, from one person to another. And that's the important thing. Yeah. It's not one size fits all. No. You know, everybody has their experience. Everybody has their experience and everybody has their triggers. We always talk about this. I come from a very different experience growing up. It, mm. My transition to motherhood would look totally different than yours and anybody else. So everybody has their own journey to to take it doesn't but there are some i mean commonalities yes Uh, for me it was so important to understand this i mean we talk about self-care and i i will say that it's so important to know how to ask for help and to know that it's you don't have to be a super mom and do it all it's it's okay it's totally okay to, to to ask for help we're not meant to do this alone Yes, yeah. motherhood and parenthood, it's, it's a community thing. And and we don't have that. And sometimes we do have the community, but it's not the kind of help that we need. So self-care is very important. But for me, what helped me figure this out was going and understanding and looking for the re- research. Because people talk about uh, postpartum depression, but you might not qualify clinically to that level, but you still feel there's something wrong. Mm. Let's talk about that. That's really important. Let's talk about that, Cecile and Anissa. What's the difference? What are we talking about? Uh, And again, this will be something that we need to cover in and of itself on its own, postpartum depression. Um, And what is the difference between that and what we're talking about here, which is uh, matrescence? So postpartum is once the baby's been born. Mm -hmm. So everybody understands it's what we call the fourth trimester. And mum, in her first three days, basically, after baby's been born, has got a huge hormonal surge. Yes. And on day three, the hormones withdraw and drop her. And she gets baby blues. That's the, the first time when someone walks in with a bunch of flowers and she's crying, but she has no idea why she's crying. She's actually happy. Thank you for the flowers. They're lovely. But... She just can't stop the tears and she feels silly because she doesn't understand it. Like you're saying, it's the understanding part. Then you go home with this baby and postpartum depression is that first six weeks, more or less, where mom is maybe not up to her best. She's maybe not feeling like socializing. She doesn't really want to go out. And it's not even really then postpartum depression. It's more just postnatal blues. Right. But if that persists and it gets to six weeks where I'm making it sound funny when I say 
you're so glad you've got some help at home um, because you're not sure that mom's actually doing anything because she's still in the same pajamas she went home for, uh, from the hospital in. That's when it becomes postnatal depression. And that's one of the biggest trigger signs when we're not looking after ourselves because a mother who's not depressed has great hygiene. Mm. She's very fussy about how she looks, as in maybe doesn't have to put on her lipstick, but she will certainly wash her hands. Mm -hmm. So when they're not doing that, when they're not interested, then that's a big, big uh, trigger and a signal to sort of say, this lady's in trouble. It's kind of like, you know, you're so deep into it, you've become numb to you the do. things that you would normally routinely do. Yes. And you may be not eating or you overeating. So mm. there's so many little signs that can be picked up. And in a community like an expat community, that's picked up by the father. Because maybe you're my best friend, but I ring you and you've just had a baby, but you don't answer. And I say, that's okay. Sadie will get back to me because, you know, she just had a baby, so she probably is busy. And three weeks later, I realize I haven't rung you and you haven't rung me back. Mm. And so it's the fathers that then would recognize it. Because if we don't start then by making sure we take care of those problems, we're going to end up with peripheral psychosis. And that's a real clinical diagnosis, which I don't even think I'm qualified to talk about. Right, right. So it's so. just that's the next level then. Um, so uh, we're going to come back uh, with the two of you, talk about talk a bit more about what we can do to alleviate that in terms of uh, how do we take care of ourselves? How do we um, find ourselves after uh, that stage of matrescence uh, that we've been talking about. How do we uh, get over the, the baby blues, if you like, and, uh, you know, make sure that we get out of that. It's, it's like a roller coaster, isn't it? When you're describing how the hormones surge and then they drop you. And it's then, like, whoa. And then they turn directions. And they turn directions. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, we're going to be turning in that direction next on Life Beats. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. That roller coaster that can be a new motherhood, that new transition phase that we go through as parents, particularly as mums, it can take quite a toll on us. Uh, and in the studio with us today, Anissa Sharif, a hand in hand instructor and a founder of Tentia, as well as Cecile Descali, who is um, the uh, lead parent educator at Malik Mama and Baby Care. Now, um, Cecile, uh, we started talking about that hormonal um, roller coaster, as, uh, as it seems, um, and how that can take us to possibly, you know, stages of depression. Um, but from you, I do want to know in terms of uh, tips of, of managing, you know, those baby blues that are just very normal, a very normal part of um, new motherhood. And it's important to say this as well. I say this a lot, um, but I don't think it can be said enough. Everybody's uh, process is different and every child is different because for my second one, I kept getting asked, is this your first child? Because it was a whole Different. You, I thought mm. I knew what I was doing. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> she had a whole different way that I had to deal with her. It was incredible. Yeah, and um, I think my my first thing is that I would say you must prepare. You know, we will go for a driving license. We will do t um, lessons to learn to drive a car. 
but we don't do enough preparation pre-birth. And then once you've had the baby, you must already, before you've had the baby, know your support system. Make sure that you know where you can access doctors if need be, but most important, other mothers. That mother-to-mother support group is probably your most invaluable thing. And that comes a lot of times from prenatal classes, from social groups that you work with. But there are a lot of places that hold mornings where mothers get together that don't charge for them. Mm. There's a lot of places that hold like talks, you know, even just what Anissa does with learning to parent, you know, going to a professional and knowing who they are and getting that resource before you even have your baby. And it, it maybe sounds like maybe a bit too much in like, oh my gosh, we're just having a baby. But you're just having a baby. It's going to throw you a whole lot of curveballs. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know, it's funny. I, you know, I read books and we went to um, antenatal classes and whatever, but I feel like it still wasn't enough. You're never really prepared for the whole process. No, I suppose it's like driving. <laughs> You're never really prepared. Yeah, until you do it. You have to go through it yourself. But um, like you said, uh, Cecile, I think talking talking through it with a community, with a counsellor, with an educator, you know, with whoever it is that makes you feel comfortable, that is a vital part of this, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and talking to other mothers and not comparing yourself to them, sometimes realising I'm doing better than you, and other times, oh shucks, I could be doing better than you. Yes. You know, there's no standards, there's no deadlines, there's no thing, nothing you have to achieve. Mm-mm. And and never kind of saying, um, you know, oh, I'm just a terrible mom or, you know, because that, that then brings you down even more and you just lower and lower into that. Mm. Um, you, you can't say, um, like, see, this is the 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 tricky part. So uh, when I have these bad feelings... What we are told to do is just dismiss them. Like, don't think you're a bad mom. Don't feel this way. But I mean, a feeling is a feeling. And I'm feeling a bad mom now. So the way that I like to think about it is just sit with a feeling. Because it's coming from somewhere. Just sit with it. And I, I like to think of it as another person. So I'll bring that person. And I'm like, yes, tell me. Why do you think I'm a bad mom? And they will tell me all these horrible things that I've done or haven't done. And when I listen and I train myself to accept my feelings, I can then have the uh, capacity to assist them well. Because the guilt feeling is sometimes can be good. Sometimes can direct me to areas where I really need to build more capacity or learn more or understand more. So I would listen to that and I would say, okay, fine. So you're telling me my daughter was sitting on the TV all day. Well, it's only today. I know where this is coming from. I've heard somebody criticize me the other day. But, you know, I think I'm doing a pretty good job. Or I can say, oh, yeah, it's been a week and she's spending lots of time. I need to think about this and put a plan to get out of it. So deal with the feelings in a neutral like don't put judgments on them they're not good they're not bad they're there to tell you something Mm. try to understand what they're trying to tell you and then make your plan accordingly yeah i love that that makes sense i love that that's part of self-actualization which is what you were saying and 
we all do self-actualization. We do it in our jobs. We mm-hmm. do an analysis and review of how we're performing. Why would we not actually allow ourselves to analyze and review how we're performing as a mom without judging ourselves? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, take it. Take it as something that is actually positive. You know, one way or the other, you're going to be learning something from it, which is uh, really important. Uh, we've almost run out of time. But, of course, uh, Cecile, things like uh, uh, make sure, making sure that we try to sleep, you know, mm-hmm. exercise and just getting out back into the world, it can do a, a whole lot of good for you. Because there's another hormone, endorphins. Mm-hmm. It's always about the hormones. And yes. endorphins are your feel-good factors. You get out and exercise, you feel good about yourself, your endorphins rise, therefore you're a happy person. Yes, yes, we love it. We're going to have to continue this conversation. Uh, Anissa Sharif, Certified Hand in Hand Instructor, instructor, I can't say that word today, (laughs) Um, founder of Tenshia, thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Cecile, amazing to have you as always. Cecile Descali, who is lead parent educator at Malak Mama and Baby Care. So brilliant to have you. So nice to be here with you, Sally. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.